how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. So, um, uh, first of all, before we start, I just wanted to say that, uh, unfortunately, is to the audience watching, unfortunately, Anchor eliminated the co-host app, or the co-host feature, but I am still getting guests on, uh, like my guest today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Rayshawn with Political Bomb, so I am primarily conservative. I'm a libertarian. Oh, so am I. <laughs> so... That's pretty much, I mean, I don't like PC community. I don't, I'm not going to be silenced by anyone. If you don't like what I'm saying, you know, that's up to you, but you're not going to silence me by violence or online bullying. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, What do you think, by the way, what are your thoughts on uh, Donald Trump? I think he's doing a great job, but I think he could be doing better if, if there weren't you know, this uh, this witch hunt that's going on with the uh, Russian collusion. I mean, it's been two years now. If there was evidence of collusion, you would think they would find something by now. So I think that that's just kind of hindering him a little bit. And yeah. pe- people in his own party, the Republicans, they don't like him to begin with. And on top of the Democrats and the, the uh, media, the fake news, as he calls it. Mm. That's interesting, Sean. You know, we have people on from different sides of the political aisle i've had left-leaning people on i've had moderate people on i've had and i've had conservatives on um so that's very interesting to hear and speaking uh now what we do every week is we have typically i'll present a story from this week and then uh i'll allow the guests to uh give their opinions on uh what their thoughts on that story was or what their opinions were um so speaking of you talking about the Russian investigation, uh, the first news story I was going to talk about was Rudy Giuliani sets new rules for Russian probe. Uh, uh, Mueller must prove Trump committed a crime before meeting with him. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, I don't even think that the president should meet with him because he did nothing wrong and it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just ridiculous. But if he's going to meet with him, I guess that is a good call that they should yeah. present evidence. But I don't even think he should meet with them because the guy is like a, like a mafia mob. He, he's going to find something. He's going to keep fishing until he finds anything. Yeah. Um, so the next story uh, I was going to talk about uh, is uh, from the UK. So there's been a lot going on with America and the UK recently. It's been a big week for the United Kingdom. Um Boris Johnson, the foreign secretary and the former mayor of London, resigned from his position in the United Kingdom. He was a big advocate for uh, Brexit. And now it's looking like Brexit might be in jeopardy because um, Theresa May has proposed a plan. The prime minister of England is proposing a plan which isn't really the Brexit that was promised. And a lot of Brexit act. Uh, advocates are really, really upset about this plan. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Boris Johnson resigning? And what are your thoughts? What are you, first of all, did you agree with Brexit? Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the current state of Brexit? And what are your thoughts on Boris Johnson resigning as foreign secretary? Well, I think he had no choice but to resign because of the um, because of where it was headed. And I absolutely agree with Brexit. I mean. The people have spoken just like we spoke in here in America. Mm-hmm. We, we want to take the country back. And the EU is doing nothing. It's not helpful. I, honestly, it should, 
we shouldn't even be a part of the AU. But as far as England goes, I feel that Theresa May, she, she's just, uh, I, I don't know why she's doing it, but I think that there's going to be a revolt. I don't think that people, all these people voted to get out of the EU. And with her trying to strike up this plan, I, I don't think that they're just going to sit back and let it happen. I, you know, I it's, yeah. it's crazy. I don't, I don't know why. I know, I know Trump had some things to say about her as far as uh, he gave her advice. He didn't say what the advice was, but mm-hmm. I can imagine that he told her that it's a bad plan, whatever she's planning on doing. Yeah. And a lot of people will agree with you, especially in England. Um, so the next story I want to talk about uh, is Hillary Clinton. So uh, Hillary, of course, Donald Trump surprised the world when he defeated Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election, uh, a woman who was thought to be the inevitable successor to Barack Obama, a woman who was allegedly destined to be the 45th president of the United States, was defeated by a man who never, by a political outsider uh, named Donald Trump. Uh, and, but now it looks like Hillary Clinton is back in the news. Um, you know, many people thought that her political career was over, her long political career was over after uh, 2016. But now there are many people believe that Hillary Clinton could be setting up a 2020 presidential run. Uh, The reason many people believe this is because um, apparently a lot of donors have been donating to her recently, um, which is very surprising because after the 2016 election, she she consistently lost all these donors to the Clinton Foundation because she wasn't in the political spotlight anymore. But now more donors have been donating to her. Uh, So that's part of the reason why people think Hillary Clinton might run again. Plus, after she left, she went on this year-wide tour going on all these shows, pretty much talking about how terrible she thought Trump was and what she would have done better as president. And so when you add all that up, this has led people to believe that Hillary Clinton uh, is rumored to run again for president in 2020. So what are your thoughts on these uh, claims? Do you think Hillary Clinton will run again for president in 2020? And should she run again for president in 2020? What are your thoughts? I think that she will run because she's a very power-hungry woman. Mm-hmm. and she, she needs the powers. And she wants, so she definitely want to run again. And I, I definitely wanted to run again because she's so flawed. She's, she's, yeah. she's, she lost, she, if she thinks that she lost really badly the first time, in 2020, it's going to be even worse. I mean, this is a woman yeah. that uh, committed crimes, in my opinion. There's no, I don't even, wouldn't even say it's alleged. She committed crimes with these, you know, using uh, the, the server, her private server with classified information. So she's definitely uh, a flawed candidate. I would love for her to run. I say, bravo, keep it up, keep running, because you're going to yeah. lose big, big time. She's going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I don't, m- me personally, I'm not sure if she will run, um, because the last time we saw a direct rematch of a presidential race was in 1956, all the way back then, when Democrat Adelaide Stevenson actually tried to rematch incumbent uh, president uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, that was a direct rematch between 
uh, the ra- the race between the two the same men in 1952, and then four years later, Adelaide Stevenson came back and ran again and lost. But that was the last time we saw a direct rematch in a presidential landscape. Since then, there hasn't been a direct rematch. Um, but it's interesting you say that. Um, uh, I I do think that if she did run, I think she'd have a hard time here. And this is what I'd be interested to hear. Do you think if she ran in 2020, she'd get the nomination from the Democrats again? I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost like 89, well, actually more than that, 99% sure that they won't because I, they know that she's not going to win. And so yeah. I, don't, I don't think she'll get the nomination. I think they, they're looking in another direction, maybe younger blood or even like a Bernie type, like the woman from New York. I can't think of her name. Right Alexandria now. Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, she's a she's a... I want her to run because there's no way that most of the countries are going to agree with abolishing ICE. So I say that's a losing platform. Yeah. If, if she's going to run on that, go ahead and run. Yeah. Well, um, what's her name? Kamala Harris is a, is a heavily rumored candidate, and she's she's pretty much left of Pluto. I mean, she's extremely far left. She's from well, she's from California, which is considered one of the most blue states in the country and she's like extremely liberal so and she's considered one of the biggest contenders for 2020 you know almost everybody's been talking about her running um but i agree with you i don't think hillary could receive the nomination again um i think 2016 was a different story but i think now the democratic party is different now that trump is in power you know they're gonna i think because you got to remember, in 2016, it was a very, very small field. I mean, the only candidates that ran were Jim Webb, Lincoln Chafee, Martin O'Malley, Bernie Sanders, and Hillary Clinton. And that's only five candidates, consi- you know, compared to the 20-some-odd candidates the, uh, that the Republicans had running. Um, and the only two Democrats that got any media attention were Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Um so, but I think in 2020, it's going to be a different story. I think it's going to be a very, very big field because the landscape has changed in 2016. There, you know, there was a Democrat in power, whereas now you have Donald Trump uh, in power, who's a much more divisive figure, especially amongst Democrats. So I think you're going to have a more ginormous field. You're going to have more Hillary Clinton type Democrats, like more establishment Democrats like Terry McAuliffe running, but you're also going to have candidates again, like you said, like like left of Bernie running. Maybe even Bernie himself might run again, although he will be 79 years old. But I do think that there, I I agree with you that with all the candidates running, it's going to be hard for Hillary Clinton to receive the nomination again. And but I do think that if by some miracle she got the nomination, like you said, she'd probably lose by a bigger mar- I I'd say probably by a bigger margin than she did in 2016 because she I mean I think she'd end up losing states like Minnesota or Nevada and New Hampshire and, which would be huge because no Republican has won uh Minnesota since 1972 that was the one state Reagan lost in 84 but uh is there anything else you want to say on this issue Well no I was just going to say how you felt about California breaking up into uh, three separate... Uh... Oh, yes, that. I've heard about that. Um, my personal opinion on that is I'd like that to happen, but I very, very highly... I mean, I think they said it is on the ballot, but 
I highly doubt it's going to happen even with it on the ballot because I think what's going to happen is it's going to be um, sort of like, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Here in my state, New York, we have every 20 years we have, a con- we have an option to do a constitutional convention. And last year we, um, we actually had to vote on a constitutional convention again. And there were all these like big people warning, um, no, no, don't vote for a constitutional convention. Taxes are going to be raised. Uh, you know, big corporate interest groups are going to do this. Uh, special interest groups are going to do this. It's going to be a huge disaster if we have a constitutional convention. And they've done that every every time. Like they did that 20 years ago and they did it last year too. Um, and the last time New York actually voted yes on a constitutional convention was in uh, 19... 19- uh, the 1960s, that was the last time we voted on a constitutional convention. Now, the difference with that and the California breaking into three different states is that I, you know, breaking into three different states, I didn't agree with the constitutional convention because I didn't want taxes to be raised. Um, so I, I ended up voting no on the constitutional convention but I think that a lot of people, a lot of more liberal voters in California, they'd probably use scare tactics against them to try and say that this would be like a doomsday apocalypse scenario where California would fall apart if they um, if this happened. So I think ultimately, I don't think it will pass, but I do think it should. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with what you're saying there. I- I would love for it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen for all the reasons you stated there. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to say on the uh, issue of Hillary Clinton running in 2020 before we move on? No, I just don't think she's going to run. And health-wise, yeah. health I think she's still – I'm not sure if she's still in good health. She was in terrible health in 2016, so I can imagine it's going to either probably get worse. Yeah. Well, and then also, you know, in terms of Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, going around the country kind of – acting like she wishes she was president. I think the reason she's doing that is because her career is pretty much over when you think about it, because this is a lady who went from being uh, a lawyer to being, or uh, to being, uh, to working on the Watergate case with fake libertarian Bill Weld to uh, being first lady of Arkansas to being first lady of the United States to being a senator from my state, New York, to being uh, Secretary of State of the United States, uh, to being a two-time presidential candidate, really the only thing that she felt was left for her was to become the next president of the United States. Now that that's been robbed from her, in her mind, it's been robbed from her. That's how she views it. There's no, there's nothing else for her to do. There's nowhere else for her to go. So now all she can do is, uh, is complain and go around the country and try and stay relevant. So that's why I think she's been appearing on all these talk shows and making all these statements on big major issues uh, and, and, and being in all these interviews and stuff. That's my main thing. But uh, moving on, let's talk about the Supreme Court. So... I did a, uh, a reaction to uh, Brett Kavanaugh being announced to the Supreme Court with uh, Omar Yacobi on Tuesday when they announced it. Um, 
you can listen to it on my channel now to anybody listening to this podcast. Um, but uh, Omar Yacobi was uh, is a more left leaning guy. Um, so he uh, he's one of our more left leaning guests. So he was kind of on the fence about this. He believed personally that um, he was afraid about because he was pro choice. So he was afraid about about access to abortion. Um, but he also thought that uh, he wasn't as he wasn't the worst choice Trump could have picked because he was afraid that Trump was going to get a far right person to uh, replace. Uh, he was going to get a far right person to replace Kennedy, um, but instead he ended up getting more of a moderate ish pick. Um, but a lot of other Democrats have not been fans of uh brett kavanaugh in fact apparently the democrats are actually starting a six million dollar uh a six million dollar campaign uh to try and stop brett kavanaugh from getting confirmed to the supreme court um uh, some of the complaints that people well some of the things democrats have said one of the things is that uh, they're afraid. Well, one of the major things is that they're afraid. Well, one minor thing that they've been talking about is there. A lot of the Democrats that want more gun control, uh, because Brett Kavanaugh is a big Second Amendment guy, they feel they don't want Brett Kavanaugh to get confirmed to the court because it would mean that there would be it would be almost impossible to get any more gun restrictions, uh, you know, through. Uh, they're also afraid that. Um, Another complaint they have is they say that Trump should not be allowed to pick a Supreme Court nominee while he's under investigation. And because Brett Kavanaugh wrote a piece saying that uh, that the uh, president should not be have to go through uh, investigations uh, while he's in office because uh, they afraid he was afraid that if that were the case, that could lead to the president get distra- getting distracted from other uh, duties that he has to the nation, like foreign policy duties. So he wrote that, and some people thought that Trump picking him uh, might have been because uh, he wants Brett Kavanaugh to uh, help him get through the Russia case. Um, but the main reason Democrats don't want Brett Kavanaugh confirmed to the Supreme Court is because they're afraid that he, like with all other Supreme Court picks will uh, overturn Roe v. Wade because Justice Anthony Kennedy was the type of guy who was very moderate and he was always the swing vote that would stop Roe v. Wade from being overturned. But now with fresh blood in the Supreme Court, some believe that Brett Kavanaugh would vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, on the other hand, oh, and then another reason is also because they want revenge for them going with Neil Gorsuch instead of Merrick Garland, who is Obama's pick to replace Antonin Scalia uh, to the Supreme Court. Um, but uh, so now Democrats are all up in arms. Uh, Republicans are saying this is a great idea. Most Republicans I've seen have been praising this. Um, now, you may have heard about this, but the two Republicans that they really need on board to confirm him are uh, Susan Collins of Maine, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, both of those are so-called pro-choice Republican senators. Um, but both of them, while they didn't say whether they would vote to confirm him or not, they both said that 
they thought he was a very uh, a very good choice and a very experienced choice, which implies that they might be on board. Um, another question would be Jeff Flake and Rand Paul. Um, Jeff Flake is in question because Jeff Flake uh, often doesn't get along with President Trump, the senator from Arizona. He doesn't. He often doesn't get along with Donald Trump uh, and votes against a lot of Donald Trump's plans. Um, but Jeff Flake this time is, uh, it should be known that Jeff Flake is, um, uh, or Jeff Flake is the, uh, he is a mainstream Republican, sort of like George W. Bush. And George W. Bush has actually publicly come out and said that Donald Trump made a great choice picking Brett Kavanaugh at the Supreme Court. Now, the reason Rand Paul is in question is because Rand Paul is known to be a big libertarian. Now, Justin Amash, who's in the House of Representatives, who's one of the most, who may be the most libertarian member of Congress currently, uh, said he would not vote for Justin for Brett Kavanaugh because Brett Kavanaugh uh, said that he thought the NSA surveillance program was compatible with uh, with uh, the Fourth Amendment, and he believed it wasn't compatible with the Fourth Amendment. Uh, so. He will not be voting with him. And uh, Rand Paul is obviously he's a libertarian and he's uh, a giant. Uh, he's a big Fourth Amendment hawk. But it should be noted that Rand Paul uh, did vote to confirm. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mike Pompeo to be secretary of state, even though Mike Pompeo, even though he criticized Mike Pompeo for trouncing on civil liberties and voting in favor of uh, NSA, Obama's NSA surveillance programs. Uh, so for that reason, and also Rand Paul isn't as staunchly libertarian as his father, the great Ron Paul is. Uh, so uh, for that reason, many believe that uh, it is unlikely that uh, they'll vote against or that uh, they'll vote against Brett Kavanaugh. But it should be noted that now I believe if they have 50 Republicans, then Mike Pence can cast a vote uh, in favor of Kavanaugh. And then that would give them 51 votes. They need 51 votes to confirm him. So then he'd be going to the Supreme Court. Um, But uh, uh, right now, John McCain from Arizona cannot vote because John McCain is currently uh, John McCain is currently uh, in at home because he's suffering from brain cancer and he needs to get treatment. Um, but there's also a rumor that some Democrats might end up voting for Brett Kavanaugh because many Democrats uh, in red states like Montana and Missouri and North Dakota um, and West Virginia and Indiana all are strongly red states. They're up for re-election this year. Um, uh, so now John Tester from Montana might not vote for this justice because he's more le- left-leaning or he's become more partisan to the left. But Heidi Heitkamp is rumored, although she, I believe, is pro-choice. And if she thinks that if uh, Brett Kavanaugh will overturn Roe v. Wade, she might not vote in favor of him. But that does beg the question, what about Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Joe Donnelly from Indiana, because they are very, very conservative voters. However, Chuck Schumer is currently uh, 
pressuring all Democrats, including red state Democrats, not to vote in favor of Kavanaugh's confirmation. With all this craziness, what is your what are your thoughts on the choice of Brett Kavanaugh? Do you like him? Um, what are your thoughts on abortion and Roe v. Wade? And what are your thoughts on the re uh, on the reaction uh, currently? Well, um, before I get to that, I just want I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but Scalia's death to me was foul play because why wasn't there any uh, autopsy on his body? So that's to me sends a red flag. But with that aside, um, I thought I think that. I would have liked to see Amy Coney Barrett. I like yeah. her. I like her a lot. But I think, I mean, I I'm only speculating. I think Trump feels he's gonna have another pick. Like, uh, what's Kagan? I think is her name. Well, there's Ruth B- Bader Ginsburg. Right, right. That's what I mean. I think that that he's that she's gonna end up something. She's gonna you know step down or God forbid yeah. pass away or whatever. And I think that that then he will nominate. Coney Barrett, so I think he went with the more moderate choice for now, and I think that later on he he will nominate her. Yeah. So so that I like him, but I would have liked her a lot more. Yeah. And as far as our the overturn, I don't know that it will happen. Even if I like would like it to happen, I don't know that they would overturn it or not. So uh, on the issue of abortion, are you pro-choice or pro-life? Well, I feel I'm, I Haka, I think that. That anyone, I don't think anyone should have abortions. Even, I mean, there are exceptions to the rules, like, like if you were like violently raped, for instance, then that's different. I think, but still, I think if you were violently raped, you could put the baby up for adoption. But still, I could see why a mother wouldn't want to have go get a baby with someone who violently violently uh, raped her. So yeah. With besides that, all all the cases, I think that. It's, it should be adoptions. Yeah. Um, so, do you like the choice of Brett Kavanaugh? Um, I like him, but I, I'll, I, he's satisfactory. Put it that way. I would rather Amy, Amy, but you know, Barrett. Yeah. But I, he's satisfactory. I think he's moderate. I don't know. I don't really. I don't know how he. How I'm gonna. Um, how he's gonna do? Honestly, if he gets through. I don't know if, he, yeah. if he'll be like Kennedy, like, you know, sometimes he'll vote with the left. I don't know. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, my top choice was Raymond Kethledge because I think he was the most like Neil Gorsuch. I think Neil Gorsuch has done a great job. Um, and I think Kethledge, in my opinion, was very, very similar to Neil Gorsuch. He was a very staunchly conservative guy. He was a, he was a huge originalist, and I really, really like that. Uh, I think Amy Coney Barrett was my second choice. Um, I was actually on Joe Walsh's show. I called into his show and I talked about that with him. Joe Walsh is a former Republican congressman, and he was also a big fan of Amy Coney Barrett. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm not the biggest fan of Kavanaugh. I mean, I'm glad he's pro second. He's very staunchly pro Second Amendment um, because I'm a big pro Second Amendment guy. But again, I was hoping for somebody who's more conservative to get confirmed. And it seems like I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, his rulings on NSA surveillance and the Fourth Amendment and whatnot. Uh, but what, do you, what are your thoughts on the reaction of the left? Because they've they have like I said, they have this they've been waging the sec, the six million dollar campaign 
excuse me, they have the $6 million campaign against him. Um, I think they actually said, like, hours before, they actually made a sign that said, Stop Kavanaugh. But before hours before they announced it, they also had one for Stop Kethledge and Stop Barrett because they weren't sure who Trump was going to nominate. So they could, so if they, so they actually made signs for all of them just in case Trump picked the other ones. Um, and the Women's March apparently actually originally released a statement, but they were, they referred, they, but they made the statement before Trump announced his pick and they actually put, uh, XX, they referred to the nominee as XX because they weren't sure who, uh, Trump was going to nominate to the Supreme Court. Um, so, uh, with all that being said, um, what are your thoughts on the left's reaction? Oh, and they have the $6 million campaign, too. So, what, are you, what is your reaction to the left's uh, reaction? Do you think it's justified or no? No, it's, it's pretty much never justified with the left. They, they just they hate Trump. There's no other way of putting it. They hate him with, like, with a passion. They hate him. And it doesn't matter if he, if he had dug up Hitler from the grave and nominated Hitler. They would have hated Hitler. So it doesn't matter what Trump does. They're going to hate him. So I say with that in mind, if I know that they hate me, I'm just going to go for it and just go hard conservative, go hard to the right, not trying to pick someone moderately. So I think that no matter what Trump does, that left is going to hate him and they're going to always try to stop him mm-hmm. with like Maxine Waters. She's, she's a, a nutcase who who's going around saying impeach, but there's nothing, there's no evidence of anything to impeach the president. Yeah. So I just think that no matter what this president does, they're going to try, they're going to hate him and do anything to stop him. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on the left saying they should delay the vote until after the midterms? Because they're, the argument they're making is that Mitch McConnell said right after Scalia died, he said, well, let's let the people wait and let's let them vote in the presidential election and then we'll confirm somebody to the to the Supreme Court. They, I mean, they didn't have the votes at the time because it was fifty four, forty six, I believe, or 50, no, fifty four, forty five, or fifty four, forty six. I know the Republicans had fifty four people in the Senate at that point. Now they only have fifty one, but uh, Democrats are hoping that um, that if they uh, or Democrats want them, they're they're now saying, okay, well, if you were willing to delay the vote, then then why don't you delay the vote now and let the people pick in the midterms? What are your thoughts on that? I, I say that it, there's a difference because um, there was a new president that was going to be elected. In the midterm, there's not going to be a new president elected. So I don't think that there's no need, there's no need to delay it. I think like maybe they'd have a case if, hmm. if, it, was, if it was 20, you know, 2019 going into 2020. Maybe they'd have a better case, but right now I, th- I say no. Ah, interesting. So um, anything else you want to say on this issue before we move on? No, I mean, I pretty much like, it's just like you. I, he's not my best pick, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm also a, a Second Amendment guy, so yeah, he's good on that. At least I know that much, but I mean, I guess I'll have to live with him. Let me ask you this. If you were a senator, <coughs> sorry, if you were a senator right now, based on what you know about Brett Kavanaugh, would what would you vote to confirm him or no? Uh, well, oh, that's a good question. I mean, part of me want to say no, but I would probably 
vote for him just because I don't want if if I if I don't vote for him, how long will it take to nominate another uh, justice? I don't know. Yeah. So I would probably end up voting for him, even though I didn't want to. Yeah. Well, let's move on. So speaking of Roe v. Wade, which is a big issue when it comes to the Supreme Court talk, uh, they're trying to make a Roe versus Wade movie right now um, uh, with, uh, what's her name? Um, I can't remember what her name is, but she's the niece. I think she's, yeah, she is the niece of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King's niece, in case you don't know, Martin Luther King's niece is actually a big Christian Trump supporter, um, which surprised a lot of people. But she's actually been cast in this movie, and she's supposed to be the narrator. Um, And here's the twist, um, is that the the movie is actually, even though it's a Hollywood movie, it's actually going to be a pro-life movie. Um, And there were excerpts from the script that leaked online that showed it started out with Margaret Sanger uh, dying. It's or the the opening scene shows Margaret Sanger on her deathbed. Because in case you don't know, Margaret Sanger is she was the founder of Planned Parenthood. She's uh, very uh, controversial because she wrote in an op-ed that she said she wanted, uh, or she wrote when she was alive in the early 1900s that she said she wa- the the intent of abortion in her mind was to uh, depopulate the African American race. It was very disturbing, but she actually wrote that. Um, uh, so, um, the movie apparently starts out with Margaret Sanger on her deathbed and she said, according to the week script, spoilers, by the way, but, um, but she's, but she says to, uh, this one guy, she says, oh, we, we can't let them get rid of abortion because then they'll, they won't be able to eliminate the African-American race or something like that. Um, but for that reason, the movie has become extremely controversial before it's even released. Um, and uh, recently what happened was, um, uh, again, Martin Luther King's niece is directing, the, or she's not directing, she's starring as the narrator of the movie. Um, and uh, apparently there were actually liberal actors that had been cast in the film but uh, they actually dropped out because they felt they had been duped because they thought they were going to, you know, they were going to be doing a, you know, a different type of Roe v. Wade movie that didn't have a pro-life message to it. But because they felt they were duped, they've dropped out of the movie. And Martin Luther King's niece is saying that that's not true and that they made it very clear that it was going to be a pro-life movie going into the film. Um, this is also a Kickstarter movie, by the way. Um, uh, but, um, it looks like now, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and Tommy Lahren, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, they've both been cast in the movie, which is odd to me because they don't seem like actors. Um, I think Milo's kind of really fallen from grace a lot. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on these two individuals. Um, and then Tommy Lahren was also weird because Tommy Lahren, I believe she said she's pro-choice and has said recently that she opposes the idea of Republicans overturning Roe versus Wade. But based on what I've told you or based on what you've heard, maybe you've heard more than this, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, 
what are your thoughts on the actors dropping out? And what are your thoughts on Milo Yiannopoulos and Tommy Lahren being cast in this movie? Well, yeah, I've, this is the first I've heard of it. I haven't heard of it of, of it before, but based on what you're saying here, well, Milo, I don't. Is that the the um the gay conservative guy that said said something that was uh, I can't remember exactly what he said. Well, what did he say? Something about that pedophilia. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want anyone like. Why would they pick someone like that? Yeah. And I'm not. What's the, the other one? I'm not familiar with him that much. Uh, the other. It was a woman. It's Tommy Lahren. Right. Her. I'm not familiar with her too much. What What was her deal? So Tommy Lahren is. Uh, she used to have a show. This is a very long, complicated story, but I'll try and condense it. So she used to have a show called The Blaze with Tommy Lahren um, where uh, she would go on and she would like scream and shout about Trump and everything. I remember the first I remember of Tommy Lahren was because I, I remember I was I said I was going to vote for Gary Johnson in the 2016 election. And my friend who was a huge Trump supporter was like, that's a horrible idea. And so he showed me this clip of Tommy Lahren like screaming about how all these Republicans had to vote for Trump. But a lot of people on the left uh, and even the right didn't like her attitude and her rhetoric because she, what she would do is she would, she, she wouldn't really come up with intellectual arguments. What she'd do is she'd come out and she'd say, well, you snowflakes, you know, stop kneeling, you snowflakes, da, 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 da. And she'd talk about a variety of issues. She'd talk about, Specifically, she'd talk about the NFL kneeling, and she'd talk about uh, the transgender bathroom issues. She'd also talk about other issues, but those were the main two that she'd talk about. Um, but uh, And she would always call people snowflakes. She pretty much popularized the term snowflake. Um, and she was on a network that was owned by Glenn Beck. Um, but what happened was... Um, she was on The View one day. The View is that really liberal program uh, with... Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. And they said, now you told us you were pro-choice. Is that true? And she said, yeah, I'm a really big... Cause, which was odd because she seemed like the most conservative person on the planet. Or one of the most, um, or not the most conservative, I should say, but she was the most right wing, I should say. I think saying conservative is a little bit too generous, but she seemed like the most right wing person on the planet. And then all of a sudden, she came out and said, uh, "Oh yeah, um, I I think that abortion should be legal because uh, you know I don't think the government." Her argument was she tried to have like this small government perspective like she tried to make the perspective that oh well if you don't want the government interfering with your guns or your property or just your life in general why would you want the government to tell you if you can have an abortion or not um now ben shapiro he's another guy he has criticized tommy on many occasions and his argument is that yes conservatives conservatives are for small government but they're not for murder, and that's mainly been his argument. But shortly after Tommy made that comment, she lost her show, and she got fired by Glenn Beck, and she lost her show on The Blaze. Um, so 
And so a lot of people attacked Glenn Beck for that, saying that he only did that because he didn't agree with her perspective about abortion. However, Glenn Beck eventually fired back and said the real reason that she was fired was because uh, he didn't like her rhetoric. He didn't like this shouting and everybody calling another person snowflake and not making an actual argument. Um, and so after that, Tommy Laren, which he did was she ended up getting fight uh, or she ended up getting hired by Fox News. So if you watch Fox News a lot, she's on Fox News a lot. Um, and she'll be on Sean Hannity and she'll be on other shows. Um, I think she's been on Jesse Waters show. She's also been on uh, what's his name show. I'm trying to think of what his name is. Um, the, Steve Hilton, the guy, the British guy who has the show, uh, he, she's been on his show. She's been on a lot of shows, and she's been on Fox and Friends and other things. So she's a big Fox News contributor now. Um, and then the other time Tommy came to prominence recently was when she was eating out, um, and somebody poured a glass of water on over her head like to try and harass her, and uh, that got polarized reactions. Some people thought it was justified because they didn't like Tommy. And other people didn't. And Trump actually tweeted out and Donald Trump himself actually tweeted out and said he supported Tommy after she got harassed like that. Uh, My view on Tommy personally is I don't really like Tommy because I don't like how instead of making civilized arguments, she just shouts and calls people snowflakes. I don't think that's productive. Um, Even though there are some opinions I agree with and disagree with her on. I mean, in terms of the abortion opinion, I don't agree with her on that, but she's totally entitled to believe that. But I also don't think that she deserved to be harassed because I personally believe that no matter what, whether you're left or right, you deserve to. I think you are entitled to eat your meal without any harassment. Um, And that was what Tommy wanted to do. So I don't think she deserved to be harassed. But um, but that's why it's so weird, because this is a pro-life movie and they've been casting Tommy and Milo in this movie. Now, my opinion on Milo, um, I have mixed feelings on what he said about the, the pedophile comment. The only reason I have mixed feelings is because Milo himself is a survivor of uh, sexual abuse. Um, and I a lot of times when people go through traumatic experiences Uh, they'll try and make inappropriate jokes about it to try and cope with it. So for that reason, I have mixed feelings about that. But the one thing I, but I, I didn't like about, I used to, here's the thing. I used to like Milo when he was a performance artist, because I mean, if, because I like the message of, because listen, I don't view him as like a serious voice, but I think back when he was going to campuses, I think if you viewed it as a performance stunt, then I agreed with that because I agreed with the message he was trying to put out, um, even if it was provocative. But I think the problem that I do have with Milo recently is that after he, because pretty much after he made that joke, his career was over. Like he never showed up on campuses again. He ended up getting fired or no, he resigned from Breitbart. He tried to do his own thing. He lost his book deal. Um, But uh, after that, he um, he went out and he uh, he ended up working for Alex Jones, which I really didn't agree with because I think Alex Jones is a wacky nut job. 
who uh, who said that 9-11 was an inside job, which was actually absolutely disgraceful in my personal opinion. Uh, and I don't like how – and he also made conspiracy theories that Sandy Hook was a hoax, which I thought was a really horrible thing to do to the parents of Sandy Hook, which was to say that their children never existed. I thought that was horrible and sickening personally. Um, but um, – and for Milo to work for him was a horrible, horrible decision on Milo's part. Um, but what another thing was recently Milo came under fire because he said he wanted to gun down journalists. And I thought that was absolutely uncondonable. So in my opinion, Milo, I liked the idea and the concept of what Milo was doing originally, but I personally think now, just in my opinion, that he's a sellout and he's completely fallen from grace. But, um, so those are mainly who those two are. So anyways, what were you saying about the movie? Yeah, so um, yeah, I think that it would be a, a good movie if it was done right with the if they had the right cast members to do it. I don't think those two are 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 fit to be lead lead roles. So it, yeah. I'm not sure if it's th- you said it was a go a GoFundMe. You said or, yeah, it was a GoFundMe. Right, so I'm not sure I've, if it's still being funded. I haven't. I, this is the first I've heard of it. I'll have to yeah. look into it further. Yeah, um, and then also. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like, from what I've read, it looks like Milo, they're both playing real-life characters. It's not like they just made up fictional characters. They're actually play, portraying people that existed in real life at the time that, you know, the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade came out. Um, now, I think the person directing this is actually, do you know who Sofia Vergara is? I'm not familiar. What, name some of her work. Uh, Modern Family. Okay, yep, yep. She's the Hispanic lady who's married to Jay, who's the older man. Okay. Yeah, she she's also been in other things. I'm trying to think of what else she's been in. But she's been in, like, a lot of other movies. She's a big actress. She's in a lot of commercials. She's also a big fashion star. Um, so, uh, so she's a big celebrity. Um, so her ex-husband is directing this movie. Um, so... Um, but then also, uh, the people that going back to who Milo is portraying, it looks like Milo is portraying a real life British doctor who uh, performs uh, a bunch of abortions. Hmm. So, so it looks like that's who he's playing. And then Tommy Laren is playing, I think from what I've read, it looks like she's playing the daughter of one of the Supreme Court justices that made the, that voted in favor of Roe v. Wade. And she apparently in the movie ends up going against her father. Um, in terms of how this turns out, I don't know. I have a feeling this is going to be very much like the movie God's Not Dead, which was very propaganda-ish. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but uh, is there anything uh, else you want to say? on, Or what are your thoughts on the actors leaving? Um, basically, the... There's so many, um, how can I put it? Hollywood is so far left that uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're leaving. So, but they, if, like Martin Luther King's niece said, that they did know it was going to be this type of a movie, why are they all of a sudden dropping out? You know, yeah. They, I think it, it's like almost like a political stunt. They took it just to be political. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to uh, say on the issue? 
as far as um, abortion goes, I just I just feel like I said there's only one one exception for me is is that like a like a violent rape, but other than that, I think that adoption should always be the first answer. What are, what are your thoughts on? Because some people say they're they're pro life except in the cases of rape, like you said, and then also. Um, but also a lot of people also think that in cases of incest or the woman's life being in danger, abortion should be necessary. What are your thoughts on that? And do you agree with those people? Well, as far as being in danger, like, like, uh, the mother's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, I could see getting an abortion in that case. Incest. I, I don't know, but it depends on like, if it's forced incest or is it incest by choice, they both, you know, like a, are they like is it consensual yeah right. it depends on that that's true um so uh anything else you want to say about the movie i think i i would hope that it would be done done with better actors and and uh, I'm, i don't know much about this director i don't know how good his movies are but i would like to see it done right like a big budget film mm. so um uh, let's move on. Speaking of movies, let's segue into another political movie that's being made. So you may have heard about this, but a couple months ago, Dinesh D'Souza uh, was officially pardoned by Donald Trump. Dinesh D'Souza is, uh, of course, he was a he was a uh, filmmaker. He's a conservative filmmaker uh, who's made uh, a bunch of anti uh, Democrat movies. He's an immigrant himself, uh, and he, of course, got pardoned because what happened was um, back in 2012, he made um, or he donated um, money to a Senate candidate named in my from my state, the Republican nominee for Senate, uh, Wendy Long, uh, who was running against Kirsten Gillibrand for a full term that year. He donated a lot of money to Wendy Wong, but it turns out he donated more money than he was supposed to. Um, he actually donated uh, over the campaign finance limits. Uh, and so that was really, really controversial. Uh, and so it was actually illegal. So they sent him to, uh, to get reformed to like this reform center, to the, like this mental health center. Um, but a lot of people argued that although it was against campaign finance laws, nobody else had been given that type of punishment. Like, pretty much it would just be like a small fine or a warning. Nobody had actually been sent to like a mental health center um, for actually a crime like that. Uh, and some people thought it was politically charged because that same year he actually uh, did an anti-Obama movie, which kind of talked about the conspiracy theory that Obama was from Kenya, um, which is now a very controversial conspiracy theory. I don't agree with that conspiracy theory at all. Um, but uh, he kind of made a movie about that. And some people thought because of how shockingly anti-Obama that was and how shocking the content was there, that that disturbed Obama and that Obama might have had or, or that might have had something to do with his ruling and some people thought that that was politically charged for that reason. And so because of that, Donald Trump decided to pardon Dinesh D'Souza. 
Um, but now Dinesh Denuso has uh, a new movie coming out called Death of a Nation, where he tries to say that, where he tries to compare Donald Trump to Abraham Lincoln, and he tries to compare uh, the Democratic Socialists to the Nazis, and he once again tries to uh, compare the Democratic Party to the Democratic Party that supported slavery. So uh, what are your thoughts on his new movie, and what are your thoughts on Dinesh Denuso in general? He's considered a very controversial figure. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I I don't find him to be that controversial as far as I go. I mean, this is where I disagree a little bit, because as far as Obama goes about where he was born, I just... I just don't see the evidence where he was born here or he was born in, uh, where, where is it? Hey, not uh, Haiti, Kenya. Um, Ke- Ke- Kenya. So, I mean, I just don't know. I'm not going to gonna say he was for sure born in Hawaii. I just don't know. So that's, I just uh, disagree a little bit on that. But as far as he, he go, I don't, I'm, I'm happy that uh, Trump pardoned him. I think as far as the new movie goes, I mean, I do agree that the Democrats are, acting like they were in the slavery days but differently like for instance they, it someone like, like who's conservative or who's republican they're there they're are telling people to go out there and harass them and and create civil unrest and go to you know don't give them any rest and they they want to silence you because you don't believe, agree with them so that's you know it's sort of the same but different in a way i i just i just don't think that I don't try to go out there and silence someone because I don't like yeah. his views. It, it's a you know First Amendment. You, you know you have your right to, to your own views. I'm not going to try to stop you from believing or saying what you think, and you shouldn't try to stop me. Either. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about this issue before we move on? No, I just I'm I'm glad that he was um, pardoned. I don't think that, like you said, it was kind of harsh that they slapped everyone else with a fine, and I think it was politically charged. Okay, so let me get to um, the Trump-NATO meeting. So, uh, did you hear about this? Yes, I actually watched it live. I, and um, what? I, I think that I was very proud to put it, you know, he went over there and stuck to his guns and told them, listen, you guys, you're not paying your fair share. And, and, and. The U.S. is footing, I think he said 90%, is it? 70 to 90%. And I think that it was a good thing that he went over there and did that and stuck to his yeah. guns. And it's, to me, it's still taking kind of long. I think he said, what, by 2024 maybe is when we'll see that kick in or maybe mm. before that. So I, I think it was a good thing. And as far as the um, protests go in uh, London, I wasn't surprised by that because the uh, the mayor of London, I believe he's... <sighs> Muslim or he doesn't like Trump and Trump had some choice word to say to him before. And so I think that is why he agreed to let that blimp fly of Trump, you know, depict him as a baby or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that is really productive. What I, what I, my eyes are going to be really on Monday to see what's going to happen in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so and we'll we'll get to the uh, I have a I have that listed later on to talk about the to talk more about him going to the UK and him being uh, 
you know, all the protests and everything. So we can talk about that later. But before we do that, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to this NATO meeting? Yeah, I just think that uh, as far as the NATO, the NATO meeting go, I, I think that he's trying to accomplish. He's saying, listen, R- Russia has Germany basically on a stranglehold. How could you, how could you, um, how could you try to negotiate with strengths when they have, I think the pipeline is it? I think the pipeline, it's a Russia's pipeline that's going into Germany. And basically, how could you position from a position of strength if, if they're pretty much have their, their hand around your neck? There's no way of, there's no way of, uh, no way of, of winning that, that battle. So I think that, that's, that Trump is trying to tell them you have to, 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 to renegotiate or get out of that and have your own energy policy going. So overall, I just think that it's, it's, it was a, NATO was a good meeting and it, I, I like how things are going so far. Okay, so um, let's talk about another issue. Uh, this is about uh, Bill de Blasio. Do you know who Bill de Blasio is? Oh, he's horrible. I don't like him. That's your is he a mayor, governor? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, well, I don't I don't right live now. in New York. I live in New York State. I don't live in New York City. I live in more of the upstate mm-hmm. area. I live near the capital. Like I live near Albany ish. I live in Troy. Um but uh when it comes to uh Bill de Blasio, I actually was in uh on St. Patrick's Day, I was actually in a church with Bill de Blasio. I didn't meet him, but I was actually in the same room with him and he was sitting right across from me. Um but uh, I don't like him either. Um, but uh, recently, the New York Times put out an article saying that Bill de Blasio, uh, or not the bill, uh, according to federal officials, Bill de Blasio apparently crossed the border illegally. Um, now, Bill de Blasio, like many Democrats recently, has been trying to, uh, um, you know, go down to the border to try and meet with the children that are being detained. Cause right now there's the immigration policy going on, which is considered very controversial about the, uh, you probably heard about it, about children being separated from their parents and whether it's justified or not. Uh, Bill de Blasio uh, has called the policy broken and horrendous and went down to the border to try and meet with these children, to try and garner attention for the, uh, for this. However, Federal officials are now claiming that uh, what he did was he crossed the border illegally. Now, de Blasio has responded and has talked to the Associated Press and has called the accusation, quote, absolutely ridiculous, but refused to answer any questions about the uh, incident, according to the New York Times. Uh, First of all, what are your thoughts on the controversial policy? We've talked about it in the last couple episodes with other guests what are your thoughts on this controversial policy? Do you think it's justified or not? Um, do you think Trump is to blame? Uh, and if you do, if you don't like it, do you think Trump is responsible for that? And um, what are your thoughts on on the story about Bill de Blasio? Yeah, I don't think that the policy started under Trump. I mean, I could be wrong. I have to, to look at that again. But I think it started under Obama. And, and Trump is, or it was a bad policy. I'm not sure if it was even before Obama, but Trump is actually, he wrote an executive order to try to fix that now. So I don't think it started under Trump. I, I'm almost sure that it didn't start under yeah. him. And the, so, and de Blasio, I mean, 
I think even if he crossed the border illegally, he should have to whatever whatever um, price he has to pay for making a political statement, he should pay it. So whatever it is that has to be done to him, it should be done. Why isn't he answering questions about it? Is it so he must he must have done what they said they accused him of doing? So I think that whatever punishment he's whatever punishment it is to be crossing the border illegally. He should pay it. I don't care care if it's a political stunt. Then you're just going to pay for your political yeah. stunt. That's how I feel hmm. about that. So is there uh, anything else you want to say about this issue before we move on? Yeah. I, 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 you know, uh, I'm trying to, what's the mayor, the mayor in California? It was, I can't, Oak, was Oak, it? No, not Oak, 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 um, uh, or are you talking about the governor, Jerry Brown? With the one who uh, warned, warned illegals that ICE was coming. I can't recall her name at the moment, but she basically warned ICE that, uh, I mean, warned illegals that ICE were coming so they could escape. Yeah. Uh, I can't, that, and they did nothing to her. Now, it if, if they it don't... looks like, sorry to interrupt you, it looks like the mayor of Oakland is Liddy Scoff. Yeah, that's, that's it, her. I, why, why wasn't anything done to her? That, that's, you know, she was breaking the law by doing that, and if you don't punish these people, more and more are going to do it. And so I think that they need to put, put, you know, he has to put his foot down. He said he's going to be a president of a law and order. You can't make an exception for the powerful, the rich, the powerful, or the politicians. Yeah. Everyone, if you break the, if you break the law, you must pay the price. Mm. So uh, anything else you want to say about uh, this? Or I, I guess I already asked you that. Is that all you have to say? Or is there anything else you want to say? Yeah, I mean, pretty much that's all I have to say on that, that it didn't start under Trump. So, and I think most of these crooked politicians know that. Okay, so let's move on. So um, do you know who Cory Booker is? Oh, yeah, I think he's another left wing. Is he a senator? He's the Senate. Cory Booker. Is that my state? I don't even know. Is that Massachusetts? Massachusetts is Ed Markey and Elizabeth Warren. Uh. Cory Booker is currently a senator from the state of New Jersey. Right, right. So right. Uh, you, it sounds like you don't like Cory Booker. No, I don't like him at all. Uh, well, it looks like, according to many pundits, it's looking like he's currently being viewed as the favorite as the nominee for president in 2020. Um, so now my personal opinion on Cory Booker is I've said this before. I liked Mayor Cory Booker because right before he became senator, he was the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, and I thought he did a good job. He was actually one of the few libertarianish Democrats who wasn't a hawk on issues like guns. He wasn't a hawk on social issues, but so he was he was pretty good on those regards. I think he was probably pro-choice, but he wasn't. He was begrudgingly pro-choice. He wasn't like, you know, like oh, two minutes before the woman has the kid. You can get an abortion. Um, and, and, uh, but the main reason I liked Mayor Cory Booker was because he was a very staunch advocate for school choice. And the fact that Democrats don't support – a lot of Democrats don't support school choice is really beyond me. Be- well, I, yeah. not, so, sorry, I, could, I could answer that question because they like, they like public schools because they spread propaganda. Yeah. They're now no one's learning anything. Sorry oh to no, 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 that's there. totally fine. Um, I I actually encourage that. Uh, but um, when it comes to uh, 
you're, I think you're right. And then also, I think another thing was that they sold out to a lot of unions because unions tend to be against school choice because school choice is uh, it hurts public schools and, it, and therefore it hurts unions because you don't see a lot of private school unions. So that hurts the unions, a lot of teacher unions um, and school unions. Um, and Democrats are really sold out to unions. And I think that's part of the reason why they're against school choice. And Cory Booker was a huge advocate for school choice. And I really like that. Um, but the problem was once he became a senator, I think he started selling out to the Democrats and he started selling out to the left because he knew one day he would be an ad. He would be um, he knew he was a rising star in the Democratic Party, essentially. And I think he knew that he needed to um, sell out and be more and more liberal in order to and more and more progressive, really, to actually, uh, you know, be liked by them, which is why he I'm not sure if you saw that rant that he said where he said, I cried tears of anger when I heard what Trump said. And he was like, it was like you could tell he wasn't being serious. And he's just become more progressive on a lot of issues. Um, and I don't like that. Um, so uh, so I don't so I liked Mayor Cory Booker. I really don't like Senator Cory Booker. Um, but now Cory Booker is being viewed as the favorite for the Democratic nomination in 2020 uh, by many sources and many experts. What are your thoughts on this? Um, and would you like do you think Cory Booker should run? Do you think he will run? Um, and, uh, do you think he has a good chance of, uh, defeating Donald Trump in the 2020 election? Well, also, do you think he has a chance of winning the nomination? And if so, do you think he has a chance of unseating president Trump in the 2020 election? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that if he runs with, I don't, I don't know that he will, if, if he, I don't know that he will run, but if he does, I don't think that that he could he could win. I don't think that I think a lot of African Americans like myself have woken up to the fact that the, the Democrats just aren't helping us. And if the economy keeps doing like it's doing right now, and unemployment for blacks keep going down, which is low, historically the lowest that it's been for us and Hispanics and women, I believe, I don't think that them playing the black card to put it in. in I don't know how other else to put it, but playing the black card is going to win this time. I don't think. They're gonna get all the blacks to vote like they did for Obama. I just don't. I yeah. I just don't understand that. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna work this time around. Mm. And um, speaking of the unions, I, I was very happy that uh, the ruling went against them. So now, if you don't want to, if you're not in the union, you don't have to pay. I mean, I I thought that was yeah. horrible. But why? Why would I have to pay if I don't want to participate in the oh, union? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, it's really bad. Well, when I was a kid, you know, because uh, I'm on the autism spectrum. So when I was a kid, I needed a lot of services from uh, my private from my school or my parents tried to get services for me, you know, when I was a kid. Um, but um, they the unions because we lived in a union neighborhood uh, and our unions tried to say that uh you know, if we wanted to, even though we weren't going to the school that, you know, that was, you know, the union that was owned by the union, because it was a union neighborhood, they were trying to say that we had to, if, if they wanted to get help, if I wanted to get help for, you know, and more services and stuff, 
I had to actually get out of school, get out of my school. And I was like in kindergarten at this point. I had to actually get out of school, get on a bus and go over to that school, even though I wasn't participating in that school. The, the unions were saying I had to do that just by law uh, because the, it was their neighborhood, uh, because it was a union neighborhood. Um, and that was a horrible idea. And my parents were like, no, no way is he going to actually have to get on a bus in the middle of the school day, go back to go down to your school for services and then go back and then get on a bus and go back towards the end of the day, you know, just because it's a union neighborhood. And my parents actually tried to sue them. And although they did lose the lawsuit, eventually the unions were did settle and they were like, okay, fine. You know, he doesn't have to actually, you know, leave the school to go to, to this other public school to get services. We'll just send services down there, which was good. Um, but uh, again, it just shows, goes to show the out, you know, how ridiculous these unions can be. And I think when unions started in the early 1900s, they were a very, very essential force because there were people that were in really, really, that had to work in really awful conditions. And they, it was very essential that they had unions originally. But I think unions have now gone out of hand and they, they're now a force for bullying private institutions uh, into paying, into actually paying more and forcing average Americans into, you know, doing unfair things. So in terms of the unions, I completely agree with you. And I com- I completely agree with the ruling um, that the Supreme Court came up with. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, in terms of Cory Booker, I think that he would have a good chance of winning the nomination. In terms of, um, because he is a rising star in the party, I think in terms of uh, whether he... In terms of whether he's actually going to run, um, I don't know because the thing you've got to remember is that Cory Booker actually has is going to be up for re-election in the in the United States Senate in 2020. So if he runs, then it, for president he might have to give up his seat in the United States Senate. Um, and if he doesn't want to do that, then he might not run for president in 2020. Um, but um, yeah, so there is that. Um, in terms of whether he wins, I think he's a very weak candidate, and I think he's too much of an Obama light. But whereas Obama was actually able to gain a lot of momentum, I don't think Cory Booker could gain that much momentum because he's not as charismatic as Barack Obama was um, in 2008. Um, and I don't think he'd be a great candidate. And I think he'd also alienate a lot on the left because I've talked to a lot of really hardcore progressive Bernie people, and they hate Cory Booker. They just absolutely hate Cory Booker with their guts, and that might hurt Cory Booker, um, and uh, he might alienate a lot of people on the left. Um, but that's my opinion. Uh, is there anything else on this issue that you want to say? No, I just I agree with what you're saying there. I just don't think that that he's charismatic like Obama is, and he's uh, you know, he's not, I don't think he's going to have a, a good start of winning. He's a weak candidate, like yeah. you said. But anyways, let's move on. So um, let's talk about Linda Sanchez. Now, you may not, do you know who Linda Sanchez is? Linda Sanchez, why does it ring a bell? <clears throat> well, uh, she's not a big, she's not as well known. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about her. She is a congresswoman from 
the state of uh, California. She's in the House of Representatives. She's been serving in her district since 2003. So she's been in for a while. And she's currently the vice chair of, let me, let me look it up. I think she's the vice chair. Oh, she's the vice chair of the Democratic House Caucus, which is a huge position. Um, and she's currently saying right now that, um, that Nancy Pelosi, the speaker of the, or the House Minority Leader for the Democrats, should step down as the Democratic leader in the House. And she's saying that, what she's essentially saying is that there needs to be fresh blood for the, the Democrats and they need to get a much younger person. And, and for that reason, she thinks that Nancy Pelosi should step down. And that's big because, yes, there have been a lot of calls for Pelosi to step down. And a lot of people like Connor Lamb said he wants Nancy Pelosi to step down. And um, this guy who's running in, for Congress in Arkansas said he wants Nancy Pelosi to step down. He's a Democrat running currently. He wants Nancy Pelosi to step down. And a lot of progressives want Nancy Pelosi to step down, too. So Nancy, but now Linda Sanchez, she has a big role in the House. So for her to say that she wants Nancy Pelosi to step down, that's a big thing since she's the vice chair of the Democratic House caucus. But but it should also be noted that Sanchez, who's only 49 years old, has been heavily rumored as a woman who might replace Nancy Pelosi as the Democratic speaker in the House and potentially the speaker if Democrats take back the House of Representatives this November. So what are your first of all? What are your thoughts on, do you think Nancy Pelosi should step down as the Democratic leader in the House? Um, and what are your thoughts on the idea uh, of Linda Sanchez, you know, potentially replacing her? And what are your thoughts on the fact that this big Democrat in the House who has a big leadership role is, out, is now calling for Pelosi to step down? What are your thoughts? Well, at as a Republican, I don't want her to step down because she's a disaster. I want her to stay there as long as she can. And I think that that Linda Sanchez knows this. Then they, they can see the writing on the wall. They, they know that it's time for her to pack it in and give it up. So I would love for her to stay there, Nancy Pelosi, just to stay there. Because the, she says off-the-wall stuff, just like, a, like a, what's her name? Like, uh, like uh, Maxine Waters, I would love for the both of them to stay there because they're a disaster. The the longer they stay there, the better off Republicans will be. So I hope that she stays there. But it is big that they're they're actually Lin, Linda Sanchez is actually uh, seeing what everyone else is seeing. Yeah. They, they know that she's a disaster. And like I said, I think that part of it might be because Linda Sanchez. Because I've looked at a lot of lists of people who are rumored to replace Nancy Pelosi as the next speaker or how, or minority leader for the Democrats. Um, and one of the top people I always see is Linda Sanchez. So it makes me wonder if Linda Sanchez is saying this because Linda Sanchez wants to be the next Democratic leader in the House, potentially the next speaker. Um, but I agree with you. I would love for Nancy Pelosi to stay because – I mean, is this really the future of the Democratic Party? Do they really want Nancy Pelosi, a person who has a lower approval rating than the NRA? Although the NRA shouldn't have a lower approval rating because the NRA is good. But somebody who has a lower approval rating than them has a lower approval rating than Donald Trump, has a lower approval rating than the current speaker, Paul Ryan. 
I mean, do they really want to keep this person? Is this really the future of the Democratic Party? And, but, and again, I do think it is shocking that somebody who's the vice chair of the Democratic House uh, caucus, who's, which is a big, big leadership role, I think it's like number the number – I think Linda Sanchez, that makes her the number four Democrat in the House of Representatives. Um, so the fact that she's saying that, um, I mean, that really shows that uh, – I mean, you got to remember, when Democrats um, first came into office – or when the first about last year, when the calls for Nancy Pelosi to step down first began, I think there was one Democrat who had a huge leadership position. I can't remember what her name, what his slash her name was, but they said that quote they said that Nancy Pelosi's they not only did they want Nancy Pelosi to say it day, but they also said that Nancy Pelosi's replacement may not have even been born yet, meaning that they they pretty much wanted Nancy Pelosi to be there for the rest of her life uh so for them to go but i think now they're seeing the writing on the wall like you said and i think they're seeing that she has a lower approval rating than donald trump and paul ryan combined um and she's hated by people i mean this is the type of woman who republicans often when they have campaign ads they'll put nancy pelosi in that ad because they'll try and say oh hey if you vote for this democrat what you're getting is another Nancy Pelosi and you're going to get somebody who bows down to Nancy Pelosi and works to Nancy Pelosi because they know most people across the country hate Nancy Pelosi. So I think it would be best for the Democrats if Nancy Pelosi stepped down, but I think it's, it would be best for the Republicans if Nancy Pelosi stayed. Uh, Is there anything else you want to say on this issue? No, I just think that, that I want, I just, I wanted to stay. I mean, season disaster and hopefully she stays. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on. So speaking of the house and all the leadership positions, the number, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the democratic leader in the house of representative or the number three Democrat in the house of representatives, Joe Crowley, the chair, the chair of the democratic house caucus, who many who had a giant leadership role, who had never faced primary challenge uh, since uh, in 20 years, which was when, of course, 20 years ago precisely was when he first got elected to the House of Representatives. Um, never, you know, never faced any challenge. Ended up, um, he ended up by uh, losing his primary to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as you probably heard about, who had never who's only 28 years old and never held a political office in his life or in, in her life. And was just a small business owner came out of nowhere, was a socialist. Uh, and she beat the odds. She beat Joe Crowley. Well, it seemed for a while, like it was pretty civilized between the two. Joseph Crowley was a good sport about it. Uh, he, um, he even, cause he's a good, Joseph, Joe Crowley tends to be, he likes to make music. He's actually like, has like a clarinet that he plays all the time. And he's a big musician on his, in his free time. And he actually wrote a song called Born to Run, which congratulated Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on her victory in the primary. He also said immediately that he would staunchly endorse her 
uh, to the House of Representatives. However, uh, in spite of that, uh, she, uh, Ocasio-Cortez recently got into a Twitter feud with Joe Crowley. Uh, so it seems like that all went, you know, all that nice, you know, good sportness just went to waste because uh, she recently called him out on Twitter uh, in a Donald Trump-esque way saying, here's what, here's exactly what her tweet said. She says, quote, at Rep. Joe Crowley stated on live TV that he would absolutely support my candidacy. Instead, he stood me up for three scheduled uh, concession calls. Now, he's mounting a third-party challenge against me and the Democratic Party and against the will of the NYWFP. In case you don't know, she's referring to the Working Families Party, here in New York, we have two major third parties, aside from the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, called the New York uh, Working Families Party and the New York Conservative Party. Typically, uh, the Working Families Party will endorse Democrats and the Conservative Party will endorse Republicans. Um, although this year, Cynthia Nixon has been endorsed by uh, the Working Families Party, even though it's looking like the Democratic Party will nominate Cuomo again, but that's another story. Um, but that's what she's referring to. So sh- she called him out, and then um, Joe Crowley responded saying, Alexandria, the race is over, and Democrats need to come together. I've made my support for you clear, and the fact that I'm not running. We've scheduled phone calls, and your team has not followed through. I'd like to connect, but I am not willing to air grievances on Twitter. So, what are your thoughts on what Ocasio-Cortez is saying? What are your thoughts on Ocasio-Cortez and Joe Crowley as people and politicians in general? And what are your thoughts on this Twitter feud? And do you think that Ocasio-Cortez has a point, or do you think that Crowley has a point? I, I think she has a point as far as he, he um, standing her up three times. I don't like her as 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 a as a candidate talking about abolishing ICE. I mean, she 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 could win. She'll never win a national election that way. There's no way that she's gonna win running on that. And so as far uh, as far as uh, Joe Crowley go, he was a, a establishment politician. So they've been losing left and right in many elections lately. Every no one no one wants to. Uh, to vote for politicians like you know lifers anymore because they're, they're they're just in there and for you know for the power and for the money they're not helping helping anyone else so i could could see why she won because um she's not a lifer she's so like a trump but but far far left of trump on their side like far left of bernie i should say rather and bernie is i guess bernie likes her a lot but I would say run. I would love for her to run because I know for a fact that she could never win a national election. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I mean, here's what I, I think about the comment. I think, in ter- well, here let me talk about what I think about Joe Crowley. I actually have relatives who know Joe Crowley very well. And uh, Joe Crowley is kind of a sellout because Joe Crowley – used to be in the, the New York State Assembly. The New York State Assembly is kind of like our state House of Representatives, not the U.S. House of Representatives, 
with the state house of representatives, but here it's called the New York state assembly. And he was a part of that before he went to the United States house of representatives. But he, when he was in the assembly, I had relatives that knew him and, and worked with him. And he used to be a moderate Democrat. He was actually a blue dog Democrat, which are like more moderate Democrats. And he was actually a pro-life Democrat. But once he got into the house, he became like so pro-choice. He got like a 100% from NARL, which is a, a, an abortion ag- advocacy group. Um, he got a 100% from them. He supported uh, partial birth abortion, which is essentially like, which essentially says that like five minutes before the baby is born, you have the option to abort them, which is disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. How, I don't yeah, like that at all. I mean, like, I, I can understand. Typically, I can understand the other side of the issue. And while I consider myself for the most part pro-life, uh, I can understand people that are pro-choice and I can understand where they're coming from. It's very hard to understand people that are in favor of legalizing partial birth abortion. But I think he sold, he sold out to the Democratic establishment and he all, all of a sudden acted like this big hoity-toity liberal. And he did that like with Cory Booker, who we just said, because Cory Booker thought, I'm a rising star in the party. I can Now I have to be all more of a liberal and more of a progressive. I think he's doing the same thing. He's saying, you know, he said, you know, I got this big leadership role in the party. Now I have to be this big liberal guy. Um, and many people, you know, and so I, I don't like that. You know, one of the biggest things about, um, I was watching the movie Truman. It was about the president, Harry Truman the other day. And, um, cause I'm going to be in, uh, independence, Missouri next week, uh, to go to his presidential library. And there's this scene where there's this guy that Harry Truman used to know who helped him out on political campaigns that went to jail because he was a crook and a mafia guy. And when he came out, he had he had all these financial issues and he didn't ask for money, but he was he was still friends with Harry Truman and he ended up dying and barely anyone went to his funeral. But Harry Truman, while he was vice president of the United States, agreed to go to his funeral and people told Harry Truman, don't do it. Don't do it. He's a criminal. It will look bad if the vice president does that. And Harry Truman says, no, he helped me out when I was really in the slumps. And so I need to repay that to him. And that was a really honorable thing to do because what Truman was doing was he was remembering where he came from. And that's an important life lesson, which is it doesn't matter what you, be, you end up doing in life. Maybe you become a millionaire or a billionaire or you become a big celebrity or a politician or an astronaut or a doctor. Maybe you become the biggest person on the planet. Maybe you find a cure for cancer. Never forget where you came from. Never forget you know, your humble beginnings, you know, just because you become this really big hoity-toity guy, don't forget where you began. And that's what I think. I think Joe Crowley forgot that. I think Joe Crowley, once he got this big leadership position, he forgot where he came from. He forgot the district he came from. And he actually came under fire right before the primary for buying a house in Washington, D.C., and actually moving out of his district. He didn't even live in his district anymore, which was extremely controversial. So he forgot where he came from, and that's why I think he paid the price. 
In terms of what uh, Ocasio-Cortez is saying in this tweet, um, I don't think – I don't know – you know, listen, none of us know, you know, about what happened with the, the scheduled concession calls. So I can't really speak on that. I think, you know, until more information is comes out, I can't really speak on that. But in terms of the third-party campaign, I really doubt that. I really don't believe – that he's going to run on the third party line because he's like the biggest establishment Democrat sellout. So it's very, very hard to see him running on a third party line. Um, But um, yeah, so that's mainly what I think. And I agree with you on Ocasio-Cortez. I don't like her at all. Um, It's a shame. She's probably going to win because this is a really liberal district, a really progressive district. This is in, I think it's in Brooklyn. Or it's like in one of the really, really deep liberal areas of New York City. And New York City already is a, a liberal area. But there are some purplish areas like Staten Island is considered more conservative. But he's from one of the deepest blue areas, um, which is why I think she won. But the thing about Ocasio-Cortez is you got to remember that when she was in the, uh, the house uh, – or not the house. When she was in um, – when she was a business owner, she actually asked for tax cuts for her business. And now that she's, uh, she's running for office, she's like, raise taxes, have universal health care, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. In terms of abolishing ICE, listen, I'm a libertarian, so here's what I typically say to liberals that, abolish, that want to abolish ICE. I typically say you want to abolish ICE, for, fine. But first we got to abolish the IRS and the Department of Education and the EPA and uh, the what, what was the airport? Oh, the TSA um, and the Department of Transportation and all these other unnecessary big bureaucracies. And then once we do that, we can sit down and talk about abolishing ICE. That so that's what I typically like to say to the left. But um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue? Yeah, I, I just say abolishing the Department of Education is big. I I think that we're not. If you look at other countries as far as as uh, education, they're they're killing us. We're, so this Department of Education, I don't even know how many millions or if billions we're putting into this, and it's 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 not doing anything. It's not helping mm-hmm. because because of this big propaganda that's going on in the schools. And so I think abolishing that should should. It should be a no-brainer. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, so that's mainly my opinion on ICE is that if you want to, from the perspective of, uh, of uh, oh, it's a big bureaucracy, if that's where you're coming from, okay, maybe that's not the worst idea, but you also have to be willing to sit down and abolish other agencies like the EPA and the Department of Education and Transportation. That's mainly my view. And then also a lot of liberals like, my senator, one of my senators, Kirsten Gillibrand, who's a big liberal Democrat, said recently, she said, oh, we should abolish ICE and then we should create something else from ICE. It's like, no, because or because Democrats say they want something that's more humane to immigrants. It's like, well, they're not going to be happy unless they create the Department of Hugs and Cuddles. Uh, so my view is either abolish ICE completely and then that's it, uh, or just leave ICE as it is. I mean, there's no, there's no other, you know, way that they're going to get what they want with ICE unless, like I said, 
it's like this really cuddly, kissy, happy, you know, snuggly uh, department towards illegal immigrants. Yeah, I, I think that if they if they abolish ICE, they would want open borders. Yeah, they just want illegals to pour in because remember, illegals for Democrats now is like another another voting block for them. So they want the more the merrier. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to comment on here? No, that's about it for that. Okay, subject. so let's move on. I think we we only have a few more issues. So let's talk about Stormy Daniels. Oh, boy. So recently, uh, Stormy Daniels was arrested. Um, I guess uh, it had something to do with uh, prostitution. I guess what happened was there was an undercover cop that came in, and she inappropriately touched his buttocks. It was consensual, but, you know, it was, I think it went against, like, some of the anti-prostitution laws that the state had. Um so she ended up going to prison. Um, now, I'm not sure if she's been released on bail, but she and her lawyer are trying to say, the creepy porn lawyer, as Tucker Carlson likes to call him, are trying to say that, uh, that this was a setup and that it's just to distract from the issue of the lawsuit that Stormy Daniels is trying to, you know, commit against Trump. So what are your thoughts on Stormy Daniels getting arrested? And what's your thoughts on Stormy Daniels in general? In general, she's just um, there's no I can't find a nice word to put for her. She's just she's she's a pathetic human being. That's the nicest thing I could say about her. I don't I don't think that uh, I think she got out. I'm not sure if she's still in there, but I I just think that this is all just political. I don't think that uh, that the president did these things that she's talking about. I think it's just absurd and. And I think it's a lot, it, you know, a lot of this is political. And if it's not political, why does she do a lot of the things that she's doing mm. right now? She's just trying to, to garner all kinds of, uh, you know, all, all kinds of publicity for herself. I think that most of this is political. Uh. I don't like her. I don't like her at all. She's, a, she's yeah. trash. Do you think, because I've seen a lot of people say that, um, the media focuses too much on Stormy Daniels. Do you agree with that, or? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. One hundred percent. They, they, they don't have anything to. They don't have anything else to go with. They, they tried collusion that failed. So, they, you know, it's it's not working. So they want to move on to the yeah. next thing. They're gonna keep keep trying to find something. Yeah, I have mixed feelings on on that because on the one hand, yeah, I mean there are much bigger issues in the world. Like, uh, like, for example, if, uh, if, um, like, for example, I mean, with, like you said, like there's like with NATO right now and like, you know, more internet, there are more international and economic issues they could be focused on. Right. Like like North North Korea. Korea. But on the other hand, I kind of feel like, no offense. I kind of feel like if, like, if, uh, if this were happening with like, say somebody like Bill Clinton, like if, like if. Bill Clinton were president and a story came out that Bill Clinton was, uh, you know, hanging around with prostitutes uh, or paying prostitutes for sex. Uh, I, I, I kind of have a feeling or, or, or like if Stormy did, let's say it was Storm, Bill Clinton was president 
uh, Stormy Daniels came out and said, oh, Bill Clinton had sex with me uh, and tried to pay hush money to shut me up. And uh, and that was going on uh, or that issue came up. I kind of feel like Fox News would be covering it a lot. I mean, no offense. I just kind of feel like that like that. But well, yeah, they probably would be. But for myself, I just the whole sexual allegations thing, which I I talked about in, 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 you know, in because I don't understand why you're guilty until proven innocent. So. If a woman don't like you or they just hate you, they could just say that you you know you you sexually abuse me or, or their sexual allegations and and then you lose your job right on the spot before before you're even you know, put into a trial or anything. I just think that a lot of fake um, allegations goes around, and that's the reason why I just don't yeah. like it. Well, although I don't think did this have to do with now I'm not. Did this have to do with her saying that he, there was sexual misconduct committed? Because I, I thought this no. was mainly that he committed infidelity while his wife was uh, uh, right after his wife had bar- right after Melania had Baron. Because that yeah right yeah that, yeah that, yeah you're right about that. But I did, sexual that just popped into my mind. It, but yeah you're yeah, right. I thought this was mainly about that and that he slept with her when he and brought her back to. Trump Tower to drink, which was odd because Trump claims he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink exactly. That that's why it's just too much. If it doesn't yeah. make sense to me, I, I've been been raised on common sense, and it just doesn't make sense to me. That's he yeah. don't drink, so why why do yeah, that? That's I don't true. Um, but yeah, so Stormy Daniels. Um, it just feels like when you look at it like that. Um, yeah, because I I. I, I, I I think it was. I thought the sex was consensual. It wasn't like, oh, he raped her, or he, you know, sexually harassed her, or anything. It was mainly hush yeah, money. It, you, it, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. hush money. It's just. So I. I don't. And it, how long ago did this happen? And that's another thing. That's why I think, it, it's this happened. This was years and years and years ago. So yeah. It's it's not like if it was something like let's say she said it happened I don't know last month or something, then I'd yeah. feel differently about it. But this is so old. I just I just think that something just doesn't smell yeah. right. And to again, me. if it was let's say it was a sexual abuse or a se- you know or a sexual misconduct allegation, I mean like let's say that God forbid, you know horrible. But God forbid, let's say the allegation was that you know he raped her. Well, then um, I, I, I get a lot of times, you know, people after they're raped or they're molested, they're um, they uh, they it, t- it takes them a while to comprehend. According to like psychology and whatnot, it takes them a while to kind of comprehend what happened to them, which is why a lot of times when people come out about sexual abuse allegations, um, you know, it they come out like 14 years later because you know it took them it takes them a while to comprehend you know this horrible thing that just happened to them um but i think but this was that's not this isn't that it's it's completely consensual consensual. and and that now that happens when uh like it was consensual if it happened um and now that it happens um years at you know now when trump is president 
you know, kind of makes you wonder if there's something fishy going on. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, there's, there's no way you could tell me that not, that uh, she's doing this on the up and up. I just think that there's, it's political. I just, it's definitely political. I don't, I don't think she's doing it for any other reason. Yeah. So, um, speaking of, uh, let's talk about libertarians for a second. So, speaking of uh, the uh, libertarians, and speaking of prostitution, because I believe there are anti-prostitution laws in the state, which is part of the reason why, uh, you know, uh, uh, which is part of the reason why Stormy Daniels was arrested. Um, the Libertarian Party added something new to their party platform this week. Uh, and that says, and their new party platform says that they now support legal prostitution. Um, so, uh, what are your, first of all, what are your thoughts on the Libertarian Party? What are your thoughts on them adding this, uh, this, uh, thing about prostit, uh, about them now supporting legal prostitution? Um, to their official party platform. Um, and what are your thoughts on, uh, like, do you think prostitution should be legal or not? Well, I always like to say I'm, I'm physically conservative and, and I'm, uh, a libertarian. I, I'm, I'm more social libertarian. So I would say legal prostitution, as long as you're yeah. an adult and, and there's, uh, you know, certain things put in place or you, you, you have to maintain your health or whatever. I, I say it should be legalized. I don't see any problem with it. The same with, uh, I'm, I don't know, as far as uh, marijuana go, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't think that it should be a high crime. It should be like maybe a, a fine should go. It depends on yeah. how much you have. But. As far as yeah, I don't see a problem with with prostitution at all, as long as it's, consensual. It's uh, there's as between right, two adults. Consensual. Yeah, right. I don't care about it. What you do in your bedroom, as long as you're two it's adults, consensual. It's yeah. fine with me. Yeah, right. I, I agree completely. Um, in terms of marijuana, I I personally am an advocate for decriminalizing all drugs, but that's just my opinion. But um, and ending the war on drugs, but that's just my opinion. But I agree with you totally on. Uh, prostitution. I was actually surprised that this wasn't a part of the libertarian platform originally, but because um, me personally, I'm I'm a staunch libertarian, although I'm not registered with the libertarian party because the problem is liberty. Like my philosophy is mainly based on well, obviously it's based on the non-aggression principle, but it's also a mix of um, Ayn Rand's philosophy and uh john locke's philosophy um and um when it comes to libertarianism i view libertarianism is as a profound ideology as one of the most profound uh philosophies uh ever um but i think the problem is with the libertarian party the libertarian party embraces collectivism which i believe is a contradiction of libertarianism um, and then also another problem with the Libertarian Party is they set libertarians back, libertarianism back in a way that they make libertarian – like when you talk to a lot of people that aren't libertarian, they don't think of the most profound moral philosophy or political ideology in the world. They think of 
they think of like grown men dressing like little children running around shirtless. It's fine. That's all I think. Yeah, that's how people think. And that's because of the Libertarian Party, because the Libertarian Party, first of all, well, first of all, the Libertarian Party isn't, they don't stick to their morals because in 2016, they nominated Gary Johnson, a man who thought that the government should force, should force the, the, I don't know if you heard about the one guy, the gay, the guy who was asked to make the cake for the gay couple and he said no. He was saying yeah, that the government should be forced to do that, even though that was a huge violation of the non-aggression principle, which says that coercion is always immoral unless it's for self-defense purposes, um, or aggressive force is always immoral unless it's for self-defense purposes. Um, uh, and he also said that um, he also got Bill Weld to be his vice presidential nominee. Bill Weld is a guy who endorsed Obama in, 20, in 2008 and said that his platform was an outstanding platform. This is the platform that included Obamacare, which is wholly unlibertarian. Uh, and Bill Weld supported that and said that he thought that that platform was outstanding. He, this is also the same guy who pretty much who put, who set gun registra- gun rest- strict gun restrictions in the state of Massachusetts when he was governor of the state. This is a guy who became a libertarian two weeks before nom- being nominated to be the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. Um, and uh, this is also the same guy who... Um, this is also the same guy who uh, um, who supports eminent domain. Eminent domain is essentially if a business wants to build, uh, like if I if let's say I wanted to build a water park, I could come to, through eminent domain. I could if I were able to go to the government and say I want to uh, build a water park here where your house is. You could I could force, force me you out, out and I could get the government. If the government was convinced that that could make money, then the government could come, could say, that's fine. And they could come to your house and they could say, sorry, bud, but you have to leave. Now, defenders of eminent domain will say that, oh, well, you know, they have to pay you money to do that. Um, but the problem is it's never voluntary, number one. And number two, the amount of money they pay you is on their demands. You can't say to them, okay, you want to take my house? Well, I'm demanding $2 million. No, they have to say, they, they say, best I can give you is $700,000. And you can either take it or leave it. That's pretty much what it is. And it's a horrible thing. It's an unholy abomination. It's a, it's a violation of property rights. It's a violation of the non-aggression principle. It's something that ought to be completely abolished. There was actually an eminent domain case that got made into a movie, the story, where there was a woman who had this uh, house in Connecticut, and they wanted to build a shopping mall where it was, and she tried to fight to keep her house. But the Supreme Court, and they brought it to the Supreme Court, but by a five-to-four ruling, the Supreme Court said, that they that she had to that they were allowed to do that and that she had to give up her house um, because they thought it was going to grow the economy in Connecticut 
um, and that it was going to grow capitalism. Well, guess what? Years later, guess what? They tore down her house. She had to move out. Years later, the, um, they haven't built the shopping mall. It's just a construction site with nothing there. So people lost their homes because of this horrible, horrible ruling. And Bill Weld supported that. And all anybody who like even claims to be slightly libertarian, even if it's only slightly libertarian, ought to be against uh, eminent domain laws. And Bill Weld supported eminent domain laws when he was uh, governor of Massachusetts. And the fact that he and he also endorsed Hillary Clinton when he was the vice presidential nominee, essentially endorsed her. So the fact that he, the Libertarian Party, nominated him for vice president and now might and uh, now might nominate him for president in 2020 on the Libertarian line is outrageous and shows that they have no morals. And also it, it makes libertarianism look like a fringe political movement. That's not what I view libertarianism as. Uh, libertarianism was founded on the ideas of non-aggression and founded on the ideas of Ayn Rand, who was an advocate. She was an amazing person who is an advocate and an author who advocated for individualism um, and, uh, again, uh, advocated for non-aggression. And that was essentially her ideas uh, sort of inspired libertarianism a little bit. Um, and, now the, and, of course, the term libertarian came uh, out of the counterculture in the 1960s. And it's really, in my opinion, one of the greatest and most profound ideologies in the world. And I, and I just think the Libertarian Party undermines that, like I've said. Um, but in terms of the legal prostitution, I, I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that the Libertarians made that a part of their party platform. Yeah, I thought, I, I, I'm not sure if it's when... Trump was a candidate. I think he was also for that, which kind of, I did not like that at all. If, I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure it came up because it happened with one of his properties. That oh, he yeah. Built. So I, I didn't, didn't like, like that, that. Then I, Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, Trump did say in an interview, he said he loved eminent domain, and eminent domain was amazing. And it's not. I think eminent – that's part of the reason why I didn't vote for Trump. And why I don't plan to vote for Trump in 2020. I, didn't, I wouldn't have voted for Hillary by any stretch. I would never vote for a neocon, a, a you know, horrible neocon that bombed Libya every place she could. I thought that was horrible too. I would have, I, I think I've said, even though I didn't like Gary John, I think I was, 20, I was 17 in 2016. So you have to be 18 to vote. If I could have voted, even though I didn't like Gary Johnson, or even though I had problems with Gary Johnson, I did like some of his private sector solutions to issues, uh, you know, that otherwise would have involved taxpayer money. So for that reason, I would have sucked it up and voted for Gary Johnson. But, um, but I do think that, um, that uh, for that, that was part of the reason why I, why I personally am not a big Trump fan, but that's just personally me. Um, but is there anything else you want to say on this issue? No, I think we pretty much covered everything okay, on so that. So I think we have two more issues, although if there's any other issues we want to talk about that we didn't mention, we can talk about that too. But the next one I want to talk about is the Peter Strzok meeting that recently happened. Peter Strzok was, of course, the guy who, you know, if you remember, Lisa Page texted him uh, during the 2016 election and said he, referring to then-candidate Donald Trump, won't be president, right? Right, right, right. And Peter Strzok said, no, 
We won't let it happen. So uh, he was ordered to testify by the House Freedom Caucus, uh, which includes Jim Jordan. You know, it's funny. We, we talked about, you know, you talked a little bit about the Me Too movement when we were talking about Stormy Daniels. You know, Jim Jordan, I don't know what your thoughts on Jim Jordan are. What, what are your thoughts on Jim Jordan, first of all? Because Jim Jordan is currently, they're now alleging that Jim Jordan knew about um, the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit. He's, he may have known that there was sexual assault allegations, conduct allegations, and he didn't commit them, but there's allegations that he knew and enabled sexual abuse to happen on campus when uh, he was a professor at Ohio University or, or Ohio State University. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's just disgusting. I, I feel that he had to have known. I don't think yeah. that there was no way of him not knowing. So that's just disgusting. I don't like yeah. him. I don't like him at all just because yeah. that's just disgusting. Well, and it's really sad because I used to have uh, I used to have respect for Jim Jordan, and I think at one point I said I wanted Jim Jordan to before this allegation these allegations came out. By the way, before this these allegations came out, I I actually wanted him to. I was uh, kind of hoping he'd be the next speaker, um, or the next Republican leader in the House, depending on whether Republicans are able to retain the House this November. Um, but I think. Because he was a he was one of the most conservative members of Congress, like and not, and I don't mean like right wing, like Roy Moore right wing. I mean he was like purely conservative and slightly libertarian, and he actually uh, was against the omnibus spending bill, which I hated. But if you know, considering what I've heard about this, now that these allegations come back, I totally take that back, and I don't think he deserves to be Speaker of the House, and I think it's dangerous for for us to make a man that knew about such horrible things, such disgusting things, and just, you know, do nothing about those things for him to know about that and do nothing about that. I think it would be a dangerous and horrible thing for us to let that man be speaker of the house. Yeah, I definitely, I totally agree with you on that. But anyways, getting back to the, he's part of the Peter Strzok investigation. So in terms of this Peter Strzok hearing, I'm not sure if you heard anything about it, but did you hear anything about it? I watched a little bit and I, I just I turned it off after I couldn't. It was like a circus. It was just ridiculous. It's this this guy. I don't understand why he's not sitting somewhere in a jail right now. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. And then the other thing was uh, Lisa Page. So Lisa Page. uh was a no-show. Lisa Page was called... What happened was Lisa Page was subpoenaed. When you're subpoenaed, you have to show up. To... I did not know that. I thought she... I, I just learned that just now. I thought she did show up, so she didn't No, she up. didn't. She didn't show up. And when you're subpoenaed, legally, you have to show up. I mean, it's, it's not an option to show up. If, you're, if you uh, are subpoenaed by Congress, you have to testify before Congress um... You know, or else you could get in legal trouble if you don't show up. Um, and she was subpoenaed, but she didn't show up. She was a no-show. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on that? See, this is the problem that, that, that we spoke of earlier. You know, nothing is going to happen to her, and it's ridiculous. If, if, you don't, if you, Like I said earlier, if you break the law, you should pay the price. And 
unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to do anything to her. I don't think, I don't think she's going to be arrested or anything. I think that they're just going to just bitch and moan, basically, and not do anything to her about it. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I don't understand. I mean, are we living in a country with laws or aren't we living with laws? You, if you break the law, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I don't care if you're, you're, you're a, 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 we call it a, a blue collar worker to a politician. You should, it should, no one should be treated differently. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, any other thoughts you want to put in about this issue about Peter Strzok's what do you think of Peter Strzok's performance? That's that's a question. I, and you mean as far as in this uh, in the testifying? In the test, yeah, I don't. I think it was. I don't. I think that his smirking. I don't know if you watched it. Did you watch it? I uh, I saw the smirks. I didn't really watch a lot of it. No. Yeah, it just seemed like he was condescending, and he's like he felt like he was above the law. That he just he's like untouchable. That's the type of of attitude he gave off to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so uh, that's true. Um, so do you have anything else you want to say about this? I just, I just hope that, that the law actually uh, works and, and these people end up where they're supposed to be. I don't think it's going to happen. It's probably wishful thinking on my part. But I just hope because they, they need, you need to send a message that this can't, this, this can't happen. And yeah. they have to send a strong message. You can't let these people go. Yeah. Well, I just thought of one other thing, too. Um, so the other thing I thought of was... Uh, oh, yeah. So Evan McMullen. So Evan McMullen was uh, the independent candidate for president in 2016. Um, he was trying to advertise himself as... I think in 2016, he was kind of trying to advertise himself as like a conservative or more of a mainstream conservative because he wanted to appeal two Republicans who didn't like Trump or felt disenfranchised by Trump. There's a rumor he was going to win Utah because Utah was his home state. Uh, and he got 23% of the vote in Utah, but ultimately Trump won Utah. Um, but uh, Evan McMullen, so yeah, so there's that. But then also um, McMullen, uh, McMullen was, um, or not McMullen. So uh, Trump um, was, uh, Oh, yeah, Lindsey Graham. So Lindsey Graham actually said in 2016 he voted for Evan McMullen. Um, but Evan McMullen, the reason I bring him up is because recently he said in a tweet that Hillary Clinton showed up during the, the Benghazi hearings and that uh, Trump should show up uh, to the Mueller hearings because of that. Do you agree with him? Why or why not? No, I disagree because as far as as um, Hillary, I think with, with Benghazi, they, there was there was actually more proof and evidence. Whereas with with Trump, these the, these like a, like the what you call the fake dossier and all these other other uh, stuff as far as um, the Mueller investigation, I don't think that they have anything concrete. So I don't think he has to show. I don't think he should show. I would if I was his lawyer, I would I would advise him not to show up. Yeah. So. Um... Let's talk about – I have one issue, more issue listed. If you want to talk about any other issues not mentioned, we can do that. But it's optional. But um, the Trump UK visit. Uh, so Trump went to the UK 
recently, and he met with Prime Minister Theresa May, um, and he uh, also met the Queen. Um, but uh, not everybody liked that in the, the country. There were obviously huge protests. There was a, uh, I'm not sure if you saw this, but there was a balloon that they were flying in England during a protest, which showed Donald Trump in a diaper as a baby, uh, or as the, or I think British people call it nappies, um, but they showed Donald Trump in a diaper slash nappy, depending upon whether you're British or American listening to this podcast right now, and he was holding a phone um, because, you know, that was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Trump tweets a lot. So that was supposed to be the whole thing. Um, and everybody was pro- 